Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. The Fourth Day of Rudolf Steiner on The Chemical Wedding of Christian Rosenkreutz. The fourth day is decisive for the spiritual traveler insofar as his position in the suprasensory world is concerned. Once more, he meets the lion. The ancient inscription brought to him by the lion contains essentially this demand that he should approach the source from which inspirations flow from the spiritual world. The soul, satisfied with mere imaginative experience, could only allow itself to be addressed, as it were, from the spiritual world, and to use the power of its own will to make these revelations comprehensible. If the full power of the I is to enter the suprasensory world, this I must carry its own consciousness into that world. The soul must rediscover the I and its sensory experiences in the spiritual world. In a certain way, the memory of the kind of experiences one has in the sensory world must emerge in the suprasensory world. Andrea makes this clear by introducing on the fourth day a comedy that is, a phantom image of events in the physical world. In beholding this phantom picture obtained in the suprasensory realm, the spirit-seeker's eye is strengthened so that he feels a firm connection between the aspect of his soul that experiences in the suprasensory world and the part that is active through the body in the world of the senses. Andrea's effective method of description convinces us that he wants to address his contemporaries in a most serious manner 
about a path into the spiritual world appropriate to the epoch of human development in the 16th century, at the beginning of which the author of The Chemical Wedding feels himself placed. The fact that initially serious obstacles hindered a realization of the idealistic claims Andrea placed before his contemporaries was due to the devastating confusion of the Thirty Years' War and all that it brought into the more modern era. Progress in human evolution is possible, however, only when personalities of an attitude similar to that of Johann Valentin Andrea oppose the retarding forces of certain world currents with impulses of a truly destructive nature. We can determine whether Andrea succeeded in describing Christian Rosenkreutz as a spiritual seeker able to point effectively from his spiritual experiences of a past epoch to the new path appropriate for the new era, only if we can show that the last days of the chemical wedding relate to experiences that open a perspective into this period. In other words, if we can show that Christian Rosenkreutz is able to carry his eye over into the new period. The most significant experience for Christian Rosenkreutz on the fourth day is his introduction to the kings and their subsequent beheading. The author of The Chemical Wedding indicates the nature of this experience by symbolic figures standing on a small altar. In these symbols, the human soul can behold its relationship to the universe and its evolution. Spiritual investigators have always tried by such symbols to bring intimately before the soul how their own being lives within the cosmic being. The book points to human thinking, which, in conformity with the human organization, is an influx of objective cosmic creative thought into the soul. The little light indicates that these world creative thoughts are active as light ether in the universe. They become productive of knowledge and illumination in humankind. The role of Cupid, who blows on the light, refers to the spirit seeker's perception that light and love are the two forces that, as polar opposites, are etherically at the basis of all existence and becoming. We judge this perception correctly, however, only if we see in the physical light and the love active on the physical plane, the materially effective revelations of original spiritual forces. The creative thought element of the world lives freely in the primal spiritual force of light, and the creative will element lives in love. Among the symbols is a sphere, to indicate how human experience in encountering cosmic life becomes a member of that life. The clock indicates how the soul is interwoven with the progress of cosmic time, just as the sphere is interwoven with its spatial existence. The little well from which blood-red waters flows, the skull and serpent demonstrate the seer's vision of birth and death as based in the cosmic all. Such symbols are among the very oldest. Valentin Andrea uses such symbolic figures in a similar way to that used in ancient meeting places that serve societies admitting people for initiation into the mysteries of life. Because Andrea uses them in the same way, he shows that in his opinion such symbols are imaginations based on the evolution of the human soul and can stimulate it to perceive the mysteries of existence. We must ask, what is the meaning of the Hall of the Kings into which Christian Rosenkreuz is led? 
and what was experienced in the presence of the kings who were beheaded. The symbols show the answer. Spiritual seekers are meant to bear witness to how they are grounded in cosmic being with their own being. They should perceive in the world what is within them. What is within the world they should perceive in themselves. They can do this only when they see in things and events cosmic images of what works and weaves within them. When they no longer view inner experiences simply as ideas proceeding from their own souls, but perceive them as images representing the growth and becoming of the whole cosmos. The kings stand before Christian Rosenkreutz to say, as it were, Thus your soul forces live within your own being. And now, a word from our sponsors. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or $6 a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. The king's experiences reflect events that must take place in the soul under certain conditions. Christian Rosenkreutz faces what happens in the hall of the kings. His whole soul sees itself in it. The beheading of the kings is an event in his own soul's evolution. He arrived in the hall of the kings with forces of cognition that are the same as they were before he gained entry to the spiritual world. By living into this world, however, those forces of cognition have experiences that are related to the material world. Not only does the spiritual world light up when faced by the soul, but the material world also reveals itself before the soul, in forms that cannot be seen in their full meaning by those whose powers of observation remain in the material realm. The revelation of our divided human nature is a part of these experiences. The forces that are the basis of physical growth are shown to be also active in phenomena usually considered to be of a soul nature. The power of memory and the impulses for forming thoughts prove to be dependent upon the same kind of physical condition as growth. The forces of growth develop progressively in childhood and youth. After this, they decrease, finally becoming the cause of death. Memory and the forces for forming ideas, on the other hand, can decline from an early period in life. While we are awake, these forces pass through the same process of decline that the whole organism experiences in the second half of life, until death. Conversely, while we sleep, this decline is compensated for, and memory and the forces of forming ideas undergo a resurrection. The soul organism is grafted, like a parasite, upon the whole human organism. The soul can supply the condition for memory and representations because in the course of a day, the soul follows the same path to death that the whole organism traverses in the course of earthly life. Hence, for the spiritual investigator, the soul organism becomes a metamorphosis of the whole organism. The soul organism thus appears as the part of the complete organism, that develops more intensely the forces responsible for manifesting life between birth and death. 
These forces can therefore become the basis of the soul's conceptual life. Creative cosmic thought, being, flows into the daily decline of the forces of the soul organism and becomes human conceptual life. It is essential for the spiritual seeker to perceive the material foundation of soul processes as transmuted outer material processes of the whole organism. It is a paradoxical fact that one first sees the material conditions of the soul life when on the way to the spirit. The realization can mark the beginning of a temptation. One can remain at the point of discovery that soul events manifest themselves in their material form and, while seeking the spirit, can be driven into a materialistic world conception. If one really penetrates what is in question, however, the opposite takes place. One observes the creative spiritual powers that reveal themselves in the formation of substances in the material basis of soul life, and thereby becomes able to recognize spirit as the basis of the whole organism and its life course. Christian Rosenkreutz is thus confronted with the important experience that reveals to him an alchemy accomplishing its work within the processes of nature. The material processes of the whole organism are transformed before his spiritual eye. They become something out of which the soul events flash forth like the light in the external process of combustion. But in so doing, these soul events also reveal where they reach their limits. They correspond to the processes in the organism that lead to death. Christian Rosenkreutz is brought before the kings of his own soul being, before his powers of knowledge. They appear to him as a metamorphosis of the whole organism, but the forces of growth change into cognitional powers only by accepting death into themselves. For this reason, they carry in them only the knowledge of what is dead. Death is included in all natural processes in such a way that the non-living exists in everything. Our ordinary process of knowledge is directed upon what is non-living, because it itself is dead. It grasps the inorganic. It understands the plant and all that is living only insofar as they are touched by the non-living. Every plant contains inorganic processes over and above what it is as a living entity. Ordinarily, our forces of knowledge grasp these inorganic processes, but they do not grasp what is living. What is living becomes visible only insofar as it manifests itself in the non-living. Christian Rosenkreutz witnesses the death of his soul kings, his forces of knowledge, as these arise from the metamorphosis of the material forces of the whole organism without the human being passing over from the alchemy of nature to the alchemy of art. This has to take place in such a way that within one's soul one gives the forces of knowledge a character they do not possess through their merely organic evolutionary processes. What is essential in the ascending powers of growth, where death has not yet encroached, has to be awakened in the forces of cognition. Natural alchemy must be carried further. Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature as well as educational videos. 
With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. That's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. And as a lot of you know, I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before, including a six-hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon, and uh, seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's Discovery of Witchcraft, which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May, I believe. So check it out now. Hermetic Science Enterprises.co.uk